Well, hello and welcome to the Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark and we are here exploring some of the cobwebby corners of jazz recorded history. And today we're going to be focusing on a trumpet player who was active in the early 1920s, actually the late 1910s and all through the 1920s, uh, an African-American player from New York, a fellow named Thomas Morris, also known as Tommy Morris. And uh, he was born in New York in about 1897-98. He must have had some significant early training. He was a good technical musician uh, who played in, in, in pit orchestras for shows and so forth all through the 20s. He also was the lead trumpeter for Charlie Johnson's Paradise Orchestra, which we'd done a uh, radio show on in the past. And uh, he was first call for a little while anyway uh, in the OK Recording Studios by Clarence Williams. The Clarence Williams Blue Five and so forth used him as their primary trumpet player until Louis Armstrong uh, arrived from Chicago in the fall of 1924. Uh, up till that point, it was mostly Thomas Morris, and uh, he was also quite busy uh, accompanying blues singers and uh, playing in some other groups as well. By about 1923, he also started his own recording series, Thomas Morris's Past Jazz Masters, recording for OK. Uh, they did a series of four recording sessions uh, throughout 1923, and then uh, uh, that series ended, I suppose, and then uh, he was engaged further by RCA Victor in 1926 to record some sessions with his seven hot babes, or babies rather, sometimes known as Thomas Morris and his orchestra, and sometimes known as the New Orleans Blue Five, but all featuring the lead trumpet of Thomas Morris. In 1929, he uh, appeared in the Bessie Smith film, St. Louis Blues. I thought it was Sidney to Paris in that film because uh, on the opening and closing credits there's a very prominent muted plunger muted style trumpet that sounded just like Sidney to Paris to me but on screen it's definitely Thomas Morris so unless there was a different recording session for the credits I don't know anyway he was uh, active in New York at least until then uh, pick up his story after the first set so we're going to start out with some of those Victor sides that he did, beginning in July 13th of 1926. And this is an interesting group. It has two trumpets. His earlier sides in 1923 also had two trumpets, himself and Bubber Miley. Uh, this time around, it's himself and Ward Pinkett, who was a Virginia trumpet player who recorded with a number of bands in the 20s, James P. Johnson's, King Oliver's, so forth. He uh, had a kind of a sad life, died of alcoholism in the late 1930s, uh, but he was a, a pretty hot trumpeter and uh, a wild scat singer as well. He doesn't do any singing on here. So trying to figure out who does the trumpet solos where is a little bit tough. It's, uh, Ward Pinkett is a more modern sounding soloist, obviously had more affinity with Louis Armstrong. Thomas Morris's career went back to the ragtime era, and so his phrasing was a little bit stiffer, and he had more of a, I guess you'd have to call it a proper tone, although he very likely does uh, the muted solos on these sides as well. The first uh, five sides we're going to hear feature the two trumpet players. We're also going to hear Geechee Fields on trombone, Ernest Elliott on clarinet, alto and baritone saxes, Happy Caldwell on clarinet and tenor, uh, Mike Jackson on piano, although some sources say that it was Thomas Morris's nephew, Marlo Morris, who became much better known later, but in 1926 he was only 11, so it's sort of unlikely uh, that he would have been included here. Lee Blair is on banjo, and Bill Benford on tuba. No uh, drums on this first session on July 13th of 1926, which produced three tunes. The first one is called The Lazy Drag, which uh, is a Thomas Morris tune. Then a familiar tune to... Uh, 
devotees of King Holler and Fletcher Henderson and Sidney Bechet, The Jackass Blues by Mel Stitzel and Art Castle, composed in Chicago right about this time. And then the Charleston Stampede. Um, I'm not sure who composed that. Ralph Peer, or it says Peer. I don't know if that's Ralph or not. Could be, I suppose. He was working, I think, for Victor at this time. Then we're going to hear two sides from uh, the next month, August 17th of 1926. Mike Jackson, in addition to playing piano, also sings. And we're going to hear him sing on the Georgia Grind, a uh, Spencer Williams tune that uh, Louis Armstrong recorded most famously. And then another peer tune, Ralph, I believe, called Ham Gravy, an interesting combination of a couple of different tunes. It sounds like the verse to Darktown Strutter's Ball and the chorus to Ball and the Jack, but some very good solos all through here. Happy Caldwell, especially on tenor sax, was a very busy Harlem musician at the time. He didn't record a great deal, but um, he was evident on all sorts of sessions in the 20s, 30s, and into the 40s as well. Uh, Ernest Elliott, who was known as Sticky, plays a kind of a gas pipe uh, novelty clarinet style, but he does get off a very good baritone sax solo in a couple of places here. So it'll be interesting to compare their styles. So those are our five tunes. Thomas Morris and his Seven Hot Babies from July and August of 1926 for Victor. Lazy Drag, The Jackass Blues, Charleston Stampede, Georgia Grind, and Ham Gravy.
thing? What's what thing? What's that thing? That thing they play? Well, that's the George Grunt. That's the George Grunt. That's the George Grunt. Well, that's the George Grunt. Spread it on heavy. good reminder that there was excellent jazz and dance music being played in the 1920s, not by the uh, the canonized saints of jazz, if you will, by musicians who were maybe in the second rank, 
Maybe some weren't even to that level, but they com uh, completed some very compelling recordings and some great dance music. Most of these players were active in some of the black bands in Harlem at the time and also in the theaters. As I said, Thomas Morris was a theater player, um, and they uh, came together to do these sides. Uh, I believe they were produced by Ralph Peer. That's probably why his name is on a couple of those songs. And... Uh, Presumably they sold well enough. The series kept going for about a year, um, a little bit more in fact. So, well, just about a year anyway. So who knows what happened with that. We started out with Lazy Drag. The Thomas Morris tune had a good baritone sax solo by Ernest Elliott. I don't know any other baritone sax solos by him. He was usually featured on clarinet and occasionally on tenor uh, as well. And then we heard Ward Pinkett playing the muted solo. After I said Morris probably played most of the muted solos, Ward Pinkett definitely did the first one. He had a kind of a... Uh, a scattered style, very exciting, but not very neat. Uh, Thomas Morris was a much more measured player, I think we'll see. Then on the Jackass Blues, we heard Happy Caldwell playing clarinet, which was not his uh, best instrument. He was known as a tenor player. In fact, Coleman Hawkins remembered him as one of the players in the 20s that uh, uh, he uh, always listened to. And we also heard a trombone solo by Geechee Fields. It's interesting, several of these musicians, Pinkett Fields and uh, Lee Blair and Bill Benford, all recorded uh, a little bit later, the next year or two, uh, for Victor uh, under Jelly Roll Morton's leadership. And some interesting points there. Then we went to the Charleston Stampede, which started out with a Pinkett solo. Uh, the second trumpet solo was definitely by the leader, Thomas Morris. We heard an excellent tuba solo by Bill Benford as well. And we heard some tenor sax by Happy Caldwell. And those were all recordings that were done on July 13th of 1926. So then we went to August 17th of 1926 and heard the other two titles. We heard The Georgia Grind, which was uh, a good feature uh, for Mike Jackson uh, on vocals. He was playing the piano on this. We heard some Lee Blair on banjo. We heard him on Lazy Drag as well. Also some more good tuba playing by Bill Benford, who was a very underrated player at the time. This time it's Ernest Elliott playing clarinet. He had that gas pipey style. And again, two trumpet solos. I believe in this case, uh, Thomas Morris played the open solo and Ward Pinkett played the muted solo, although this one was a little bit harder to tell. Then we finished up with Ham Gravy, that kind of medley of the verse of Darktown Strutter's Ball and the chorus of Ball and the Jack, uh, with a piano solo uh, by Mike Jackson, which is good to hear, along with some tenor by Happy Caldwell and definitely Thomas Morris on trumpet there. So that was Thomas Morris and his Seven Hot Babies. So we get to August 27th of 1926. Um, I don't know if this was a test recording or what. This was just Thomas Morris and his orchestra, a smaller group, himself on cornet, Charlie Irvis on trombone, who had played with um, uh, Ellington's band early on. He and Morris, I believe, were both playing with Charlie Johnson at that point. Bob Fuller on clarinet, another Harlem musician, and Mike Jackson on piano, just the four of them. And the song that they did uh, included some kind of mystery or vaudeville um, interplay there. Who's Dis Here Stranger? Again, Ralph Peer. And we get to hear the voices of Thomas Morris and Charlie Irvis at the beginning, along with solos all around. And that was, as I said, August 27th of 1926. Then from November 2nd of 1926, the New Orleans Blue Five. Essentially the same type of group. I don't know why we have a different name, but we do. It's 
Victor still, but there you go. Thomas Morris on cornet. Joe Tricky Sam Nanton on trombone, who was just about to join the Duke Ellington band, replacing Charlie Irvis, in fact. Or maybe he had just joined, I'm not sure which. Bob Fuller again on clarinet and taking a very good soprano saxophone solo along the way on South Rampart Street Blues, which we'll get to. Mike Jackson on piano. Buddy Christian on guitar. He was better known for playing uh, with Clarence Williams' bands. And uh, some dialogue on one of the tunes as well. So the first tune was called My Baby Doesn't Squawk, another Ralph Peer tune, followed by The King of the Zulus, which is uh, better known in its Louis Armstrong Hot Five version. Uh, we even have the kind of a recreation of the interplay there uh, in the vocals. As I said, some, some uh, discussion there between Thomas Morris, Tricky Sam Nanton, and Helen Baxter. I'm not sure who does the the uh, the Geechee accent, they used to call it. I'm not sure if that's an appropriate term anymore, but it was a South Carolina accent that uh, was, a, was a common way of uh, imitating low-class people at the time. Anyway, this is the King of the Zulus. And then we finish that session with South Rampart Street Blues, again with a very fine soprano solo by Bob Fuller. Then we're going to hear two tunes from Ten Days Later, all of these for Victor. This is Thomas Morris and his seven hot babies again, with Morris, Nanton, Ernest Elliott on clarinet and tenor sax this time, Mike Jackson, or possibly Phil Word on piano, I think it's probably Mike Jackson, Buddy Christian again on banjo, and Wellman Bro from the Duke Ellington Band on string bass, and an unnamed drummer in there as well. And we're going to hear the Ralph Peer composition, or, or, or a claimant on the blues from the Everglades, and a somewhat standard blues tune from the period by Simpson and Henry, the PDQ Blues. So those are our tunes coming up. So that's uh, what we have uh, for... This uh, this particular set, coming up with Thomas Morris and his various groups, we're going to hear Who Dis Here Stranger, My Baby Doesn't Squawk, The King of the Zulus, and The South Rampart Street Blues. We're going to stop there. I'm going to save the other two for the next set after that. So this is just the session of um, August 27th and November 2nd of 1926. Thomas Morris and his orchestra and the New Orleans Blue Five.
Charlie. Yes, Tommy. Didn't nobody be got to send you with this boy. Oh, don't tell me that, Hot Papa. Yes, sir. Where are you from? Well, uh, he's a foreigner to be from Hunter Street. Hunter Street, what part of Hunter Street is from? Egypt, fool. Well, that boy look more like an African. African? Yeah. Well, that makes him from 135th Street, then. <laughs>
So some good small group jazz uh, from the 1920s in New York. Some of these may have been played from stock arrangements or at least sheet music. They sound to have a little bit more organization in places than just a traditional jam session. And the first two tunes we heard, Who Dis Here Stranger and My Baby Doesn't Squawk, are both credited to, indeed, Ralph Peer, who had been instrumental, pardon the pun, in having uh, jazz musicians and especially blues singers appear on the OK label uh, in the early 1920s, and he was a talent scout for that, and he moved over to Victor in about 1926, about the time these recordings were made, and he started doing field trips down south, where he uh, became very, very important in uh, the early country music uh, recording series as well. He discovered Jimmy Rogers and the Carter family and so forth, but uh, as of the summer and fall of 1926, apparently he was in New York City and producing these sessions for Thomas Morris and uh, his orchestra in the New Orleans Blue Five. So for that first one, Who Dis Here Stranger, from August 27th of 1926, we heard Thomas Morris and Charlie Irvis engaging in a little banter up front, or actually towards the middle. Uh, both of them also take very good solos, along with Bob Fuller on clarinet and Mike Jackson on piano. Then we went to the New Orleans Blue Five sessions from uh, November 2nd of 1926, and we get to compare the two trombone players uh, that had been with Ellington. First Charlie Irvis on the previous track, and then Joe Tricky Sam Nanton on the next three, and he will be with us for the balance or most of the rest of the tunes on this program as well. So we heard My Baby Doesn't Squawk. Uh, that featured some good trombone and trumpet, uh, also guitar, uh, or possibly banjo, might have been, I guess it was a guitar actually, by Buddy Christian, and clarinet by Bob Fuller. Then we went to that King of the Zulus, which was a cover version of the Louis Armstrong Hot Five uh, recording that was done uh, in the spring of 1926. This was done in November. Uh, the Dixie Washboard Band, which I think was a Clarence Williams group, recorded it in October, and uh, some other groups uh, covered it as well. And here, Thomas Morris does it uh, more or less as Louis did it, but much faster, and featuring a, a very effective clarinet solo by Bob Fuller in place of the trumpet solo. And Bob Fuller is not everybody's cup of tea, but he shows up very, very well on this session, especially on the next tune, the South Rampart Street Blues, uh, which has his soprano sax. And while no one was going to mistake him for Sidney Bechet, he was a very effective player. And uh, that was a tune credited to Bob Fuller and uh, Buddy Christian. So Thomas Morris... Uh, went into, I guess, the early 30s playing, but the Depression played havoc with his career. He ended up being a, a red cap porter at uh, Grand Central Station during the 1930s for a while. And then he joined the church that was led by Father Divine, a uh, sort of a, an evangelical uh, popular preacher in the African-American community. And he rechristened himself, or was rechristened, as Brother Pierre. And... Um, Sidney Bechet, in his autobiography, Treated Gentle, talked about meeting him on the street in the 1940s and uh, uh, being surprised that he was no longer Thomas Morris, but instead Brother Pierre. Uh, but he did play up through the end of the 1920s into the beginning of the 30s, and we're going to hear the balance of the recordings under his own name uh, coming up now. I should mention he also did a series of recordings uh, with Fats Waller, Thomas Waller with Morris's Hot Babies, also for Victor, and uh, we played those on uh, another podcast, a radio show actually, called Fats on the Side, so you can look up those. Those were mostly features for Waller on organ and piano. So we're going to go to the two tunes that I mentioned earlier from November 12th of 1926, the blues from the Everglades and the PDQ blues. And blues from the Everglades is another Ralph Peer tune. He didn't write these, but he uh, 
traded with some of the musicians so he could get his name on the on the uh, music and uh, be able to copyright it himself. And he made quite a nice living by doing that, which is something that uh, today is considered kind of shady, but was accepted at the time. So we're going to hear Morris again with Nanton on trombone, Ernest Elliott on clarinet and tenor, Mike Jackson or possibly Phil Word on piano, Buddy Christian on banjo, and Wellman Bro on bass over from the Ellington Band, and then Unknown Drummer as well. So after those two tunes, we're going to go back to, uh, again, Thomas Morris and his Seven Hot Babies. Actually, the last session was that as well. Same personnel, except Bob Fuller is playing clarinet instead of Ernest Elliott. And that's from uh, 12 Days Later, November 24th of 1926. And we're going to hear uh, a tune called The Mess, which is another peer tune. And then The Chinch. C-H-I-N-C-H, I guess that's how you pronounce it. And that is a Phil Word tune, which might lead one to believe that he was the piano player on that side, but not necessarily. Then we're going to finish up with a kind of a curiosity, a band called the Nashville Jazzers, and this was recorded for a very small, almost unknown record label called Van Dyke, and it was recorded at some point in 1927. And it is the venerable W.C. Handy tune, the St. Louis Blues, featuring Thomas Morris and Bob Fuller, uh, probably Mike Jackson on piano, and a banjo, and possibly another reed in there as well. So that's the balance of our Thomas Morris program, the blues from the Everglades and PDQ Blues, uh, November 12th of 1926, and then The Mess and The Chinch, November 24th of 1926, and ending up with The St. Louis Blues from uh, that uh, little-known recording for Van Dyke in 1927.
So that was Thomas Morris and various groups. We started out with the Blues from the Everglades and the PDQ Blues. Recorded for Victor on November 12th of 1926, Thomas Morris and his Seven Hot Babies. Uh, Thomas Morris on cornet, taking all the solos, obviously. A very measured, very careful player, but... uh, a hot player uh, prior to Louis Armstrong's arrival in New York. He, uh, Morris, and Johnny Dunn and Barbara Miley and Leroy Rutledge and Gus Aiken, they were all trumpet players who were on call to uh, play uh, hot music in, in New York in the black bands before Louis Armstrong came along. Some of the other older players like um, uh, Cricket Smith and uh, Pike Smith and uh, Some of the other uh, players of that ilk, Elmer Chambers even, were known more as lead players. But uh, as I said, Louis Armstrong really turned everything on its head when he got there. So in addition to Thomas Morris, we heard Joe Tricky Sam Nanton doing some very impressive trombone work outside of the Ellington purview. Ernest Elliott on clarinet and tenor sax, and I'm pretty sure I heard a baritone sax in there on Blues from the Everglades. Probably Mike Jackson on piano, Buddy Christian on banjo, and Wellman Bro on bass, along with somebody on drums. Then from... Almost two weeks later, November 24th of 1926, the same band, except Bob Fuller on clarinet and alto sax uh, instead of Ernest Elliott, did The Mess and The Chinch. The Mess was a Ralph Pierce song. The Chinch was a uh, song by the pianist Phil Word, so possibly he was there. Then we ended up with that very casual performance by the Nashville Jazzers on Van Dyke Records from 1927 at some point. Thomas Cornet, Bob Fuller on clarinet. There was another saxophone player in there playing at the beginning and end. Mike Jackson on piano and somebody on banjo who took a very fine solo on the St. Louis Blues. So hope you've enjoyed this program. This is some off-the-beaten-track jazz, certainly, from Harlem in the 1920s. Uh, some players who were very well-known at the time and very successful uh, in their own endeavors playing in the black theaters and uh, probably uh, having graduated from tent shows and things like that in the 1910s, and all of whom were very active in the recording studios as well. So, if you'd like to support us here at the Jazz Focus, you know how to do that. Hit the button. We'd love to get some more supporters, some more love, and let us know what programs you might like to hear in the future. Uh, My name is John Clark. This is the Jazz Focus, and I'll see you on the other side.